0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who you guys should call the Tiger Prince from now on, Brandon <laughs> Siegel.
1: Did I push Tiger King on you that bad? Was it that much push?
0: Uh, yeah, I think you pushed a little bit, you know. I mean, I, I, you know, I watched the preview for it, and I was like, you man, this still show— watch it. The show is, it seems crazy, and I've heard, obviously, yeah. you have talked about how great it is. I've heard, like, on the Titus and Tate podcast, they were both talking about how great it was, and other people as well have talked about how great it was. But I don't know if it's the show for me. I mean, maybe I'll end up watching it anyway. If I if mm-hmm. I really get a lot of free time, I might. But we'll have to see. That's
1: like, I, I want to point out, that's all your influences in your life right there. It's me and uh, Titus and Tate. So clearly, <laughs> since we all like it, you should, you should watch it. But yes, I, I love Tiger King. I've been telling you to watch it um continuously uh not succeeding but i will succeed eventually because here's the thing it's like a bad car crash you you don't want to be looking at it but you can't look away like it's so enticing you cannot look away and it's just it's the most insane documentary you will ever see in your entire life uh and <laughs> after you watch it you'll probably take back your name that you just gave me because you don't want to be associated with tigers you just don't nothing good comes from that yeah. at all um, today we are going to be without our uh, other member of the podcast, Ben O'Brien, uh, but I think he'll be back next week. It won't be too big of a deal, um, him being out, yeah, we, we're still going to go on, uh, move forward uh, with the podcast. Yeah, you um, know, we, we, we miss
0: have... you, Ben. Me especially, yes, ben. Uh, you me. know, to deal with uh, Brandon's nonsense, but nevertheless, <laughs> I will try my best to deal with it on my own.
1: <laughs> I, I have full faith you'll be able to do it, um, but we have a good one planned, so Trevor, why don't you give us a little bit we're not doing only the bracket today. Well, we got a little bit to add on to it.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of things um, that have been discussed in the NBA about how they're going to deal with the situation and other, like, entertainment um, possibilities. So they have this proposed, like, televised horse game they've talked about that we're going to talk about. Then they've also proposed, like, an option where they can play the rest of the season in Vegas and also um, the NFL and um, some of their, you know, the things that they're talking about preparing for the NFL draft. Um, and other things as well, you know, talking about how the season will start, if it'll start on time. And then we will get into part two of our bracket, where we will crown our national champion for the 2020 college basketball season.
1: It's, it'll be a great episode, as always, um, even without uh, our other member, Ben O'Brien, who adds quite a bit of zest to the podcast, I will say. Um, so let's start this off. Uh, the NBA recently, it's come out that they're looking at adding... A possible horse game and televising it. Um, this is just in talks. It's just rumors, uh, nothing set in stone. But basically how it would work is that NBA players who have their own gyms at home would be able to shoot a shot on their gym. They'd record, you know, they'd, it'd be like live streamed or it would be recorded like live on national television. Um, they'd be like, all right, from the free throw line, shoot it. And then the next, you know, the other player that they're playing against would shoot that shot, you know, and they play a game of horse, just virtually not, you know, together. Do you like this idea, Trevor? Obviously, I, I know we'd all watch. It. I mean, it's on TV. That's you know, if something's on TV, we're all gonna watch it. But do you like the idea?
0: Um, I think I do. I mean, I think any kind of content that we get um is better than no content. So yeah, I do think I like it. Um obviously we don't know exactly how it would work. Um, I think like it might be a little awkward with like transitions, like the one player shoots. And then like it transitions to the other player. So as long as the, which obviously we have great technology today. So I would imagine they could probably figure it out. Um, So yeah, I would be interested to see how it would work and hopefully we could get really good players. Cause I think we need, if we have something like this, we need an aspect like the players need to be entertaining. So we need entertaining players, like um, maybe like some trash talk, stuff like that. Like you have like Patrick Beverly who they just had the players 2k tournament and um patrick beverly was in it and he was trash talking um his opponent but you can't have players that are just gonna not really say anything you have to have players that are entertain have entertaining
1: personalities yeah there was actually there was like a supposed list that was like put out there and it was all it was four guys who really weren't like fabulous shooters i know zion was on the list donovan mitchell was on i can't remember uh the other two they were all good players they just weren't shooters and people were like why on earth would would you not have like you know, four shooters, if that's the the people that you were bringing out. I don't know. I, I I don't hate the idea. I think in the time that we're at, it's a good idea. But kind of what I would propose to you, if this was a normal NBA season and they just put this, even if it wasn't, like I'm saying, LeBron's not be in it, obviously. So let's say it was just right. four average players in the NBA and it was in the middle of the NBA season. Do you still watch?
0: In the middle of the NBA season, um, I think it's – probably unlikely i'm exactly, i might yeah maybe i would just try to look for like highlights i think maybe in that yeah, scenario i think i'd watch
1: it on youtube later possibly so i think right. it's and this is kind of how i'm i'm thinking like i don't know if it's a good idea because of that fact i think it's good in the sense where like oh you know everyone's just sitting around it's good for content just to make something but i think yeah, as a whole yeah. um that's you know kind of where it gets a little bit choppy yeah where, i know, think i don't know if it's the right thing to do
0: right um, so if you do it i think for, it needs like A combination of like entertaining personalities and like obviously players who would probably be good at horse like steph curry is the first name i think of when i think of someone who would probably be really good at horse lebron also would probably be really good at horse and then maybe like i don't know a jimmy butler that's an entertaining Mm -hmm.
1: personality i I find it hard to believe that any one of those three guys would do it though that's the thing i think that someone like LeBron this probably has a little bit better things to do than play a little horse game Probably. Um, but anything else you want to say about this like what if what if we broadcasted our own horse game? How how would that viewership get? You know, would, would we get views?
0: Uh, uh, who would like, win, like Trevor? Two, we would get like two viewers.
1: Who yeah, would win? Yeah, yeah. Win? Uh, who would win? I think I would win. I think, you think you I would win. You want to win? You want to win? All <laughs> right, let's keep on moving along um, to another NBA option that they have been talking. They've been talking about finishing the season again. This is all rumors. It's just a supposed thing. It is in no way is it set in stone. Supposedly. The rumor is that they're going to move all the NBA players to, like, a hotel in Vegas, have a team stay on each floor, and then they'll, like, kind of build a gym in, like, a ballroom or kind of, like, make this makeshift gym somewhere, and they'll basically test all the players um, if they had COVID-19 or not. Um, And if they, you know, they do, obviously, they will not be going to this, and then they'll play out the season there. Um, I do not like this idea. I don't think it's logistically possible, or will it ever actually happen? And I think there's just too many, like, possible things that could go wrong uh in this circumstance. I don't know, what do you think Trevor?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty uh utopian. I think that with the timeline we have set, I think the earliest this would start would probably be early July it looks like. And um mm-hmm. even if that's the case, um if you do do it, I think you have to reduce games because I mean, you have the NBA draft, you have the NFL season, and I don't know if they want to conflict with the NFL season, which would be starting in September. So it's, it's hard to imagine that they could finish the regular season um, with the same amount of games. Maybe they shorten that and then maybe they also shorten the playoffs. But even then, I I don't, I think it's risky um, because even if you get like one, again, one player who tests positive in this case, even if they do all the precautions, if that happens, I think just the risk of that happening is a little too much. And Mm -hmm. I went into it.
1: Yeah. I, I just think it's too risky. Again, I don't even know if I like this idea as a whole players is is really compromised here um even if everyone is tested and they're just kind of put all in one place again they're also away from their families and stuff I don't know how much that matters um in terms of you know it's a job like you know there's plenty of us who have to go away from our families for a job or for school for whatever it is um but I don't know it's just not my favorite idea um but let's kind of move on to the next topic here uh NFL teams supposedly are preparing to do the NFL draft at home um obviously there's been a lot of stuff that has happened with COVID-19 in the NFL in terms of processing players i mean you see players like darkhouse denard um from the Bengals um and michael brockers from the rams to the ravens um where their signings fell through because they couldn't do this you know the team physical um and now we're kind of transitioning to the fact you know the draft is in what is it like three weeks here i think it starts the 24th we're recording this on sunday the 5th so a little less than right. three weeks uh so, something around there and you know I, I think it's it's definitely you know time to prepare to start you know doing this draft at at, in your own area, whether it's just at the Ravens place. I mean, there will no, there will definitely not be a draft held in person where there's all the players there. Um,
0: yeah, but,
1: you know, what do you think of how this completely changes the draft? Like, how, how do you think, uh, in terms of, like, a team's perspective, this can just completely change the draft?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be strange. Um, uh, definitely going to be strange. I think that, you know, obviously it's what has to happen. You know, you can't have a draft with an audience and all the players – in in the same uh building so i think this is what had to happen and um it's really gonna be interesting but it yeah it's gonna be strange and it's definitely not gonna be um really that great of a draft as far as just like entertainment wise and you know they usually have like adam Schefter they bring on and they have the other personalities that are Todd kiper discussing discussing all the different decisions Mm -hmm. and you know it's definitely like uh yeah, it's definitely going to be a little underwhelming, I think, from that aspect.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of sucks, especially for someone like me, because draft, the NFL draft is like my the first round is like my favorite day of the year. I love watching that because I like to see who my Ravens are going to get,
0: and you know, I like yeah. to see who
1: we're welcoming into the family. Um, so it's so it's a, such a fun event for me to watch, and I think it still will be good because they, you know, it's I, I like you know seeing who they get, but it's going to be so different from the team perspective. I mean, they couldn't hold visits for guys. They kind of do, like, formal interviews in person. Obviously, they can do interviews over FaceTime, you know, whatever, Skype, whatever the case is. But it's just different. It's going to be interesting to see how this draft class ends up doing because there's so much talent in this draft class. And we, we'll probably won't talk a, a little bit more about the draft uh, probably in a couple weeks. I know we have a, a fun one planned for next week. Know, should we tell them about that now? Or do you want to tell them? Yeah, like, sure. Do do? All right, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to let you talk about it because I know you're super excited about next week's episode.
0: Right. So, uh, next week and the week after we're going to do it in two parts. We are going to be doing a top 25 greatest players, greatest NBA players of all time. And we're each going to have our own rankings one through 25 greatest NBA players of all time. So I'm super excited about it. I've already started uh, doing some research, watching some games, so it's going to be a good one. And uh, I'm sure Brandon and I will have some uh, disagreements that will be um, very entertaining. Hopefully.
1: You keep on saying that like we both don't know who's at number. One. So you're scaring me in that sense because <laughs> I know you're not stupid enough to put anyone else except a certain player at number one. But we'll see. Maybe maybe you just want to take the hot take. Maybe you just we'll want to take the hot take.
0: You know, there's um, there's other things too, but
1: we'll we'll talk about it. Well yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about it. Uh that'll be coming up next week. Um, so get excited about that. And one other thing I wanna mention before we get into this, we've kind of just glossed over just because of us moving, well, you're still at you know at Bowling Green. Me moving back, and everything that's happening. But we're not all together. We passed a year of doing this podcast. Um, it's yes. been about a year and a month. Uh, we started March 10th, I believe, was our first episode in 2019. Yep. And 48 episodes later, we are here now, which is truly, truly amazing. So I think from Trevor and I, I'm gonna speak for both of us here. We thank everyone for the support anyone's ever given us. Anytime you've ever listened um, or continue to listen The people that always come back that talk to us about the episodes. I have plenty of people that come up, tell me about every single episode, what they liked, um, you know, people from the start. So thank you all so much. Trevor, if you want to, you want to say a word on your, uh, thank yous for, uh, 48 episodes here.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's been so fun doing this podcast, so much yeah. fun doing this podcast. I know that we both have enjoyed it a lot and we've had some good guests we've had. Um, uh, we've been lucky enough to record in a studio, um, and you know, we've had, uh, Max Marco who we haven't been able to record with in a little while and mm-hmm. might not be able to again. Um, but we're, we're just so grateful for everyone who has supported this podcast, who has listened even to one episode, um, whatever the case may be, if you've told even one person about it, um, we're very grateful for that mm-hmm. and we hope to continue doing it, you know, for years to come.
1: Yeah, and just one quick, just one more shout out. I'm going to shout out every person that's decided to come on the podcast, uh, whether it's Dylan Fry, whether it's our, our good friend Socrates, uh, Josh Baskin, <laughs> um, and of course, Ben O'Brien. I know I, I joke a lot with Ben. He's he's my roommate, um, and I know we joke a lot with Ben, but Ben has been super duper helpful even before he came on and has become more of a consistent member. He's always been helping us with ideas and stuff like that, so thank you so much, Ben, um, we're excited to have you back next week. That is the only nice thing I will ever say about you. So there you go. It's it's recorded too. Um, but let's let's get into the bracket here because we we have just a little bit more. What what are we? in? Are we in the uh, elite eight?
0: I think sweet sixteen. We're in the sweet sixteen. Yes.
1: Yes, we're in the sweet sixteen. There's sixteen teams left. Um, so we're just going to start it off. The bracket will be posted on the podcast link. But the thing about it, I learned this after posting it. If you're on a computer, you can see the bracket. If you're not on the computer, you probably won't be able to see the bracket. And some, d- depending on what podcast um, place you are getting it from, um, you'll be able to see it. I know if you're on Apple Podcasts on the computer, you probably will be able to see it. But if not, we are putting it on our Twitter. Our Twitter is at SmallBallerPod. Um, you will be able to see the bracket after. Um, if you didn't see the first part of the bracket that we did, it's it's on there right now. And I will post the one after today. So the first matchup we have today is Kansas and Liberty. Liberty making that little bit of a Cinderella run. Um we got the 1 versus 12. Is this is this a close game to you? What do what do you think, Trevor?
0: Um I don't think it is. I don't think it's a close game. I think Liberty really had their run. They defeated Auburn, they defeated Wisconsin. I would guess in both very close games. You probably have Liberty hitting some big shots um and just some great games overall. Um, but Kansas I think to this point has had an amazing regular season, and I think they've also had a really good um, NCAA tournament in their first two games mm-hmm. against Siena and Houston. And I think that will continue. I think the momentum will push them through to the League Eight, and I'm going to pick Kansas to win this game.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to differ here. Game, um, I Kansas. I know we've I've already. Kansas is one of the better teams in this tournament. Obviously, they're the number one overall seed. Uh, I think it'll just be a little bit too much for Liberty. However, Liberty has played two good teams. This I think this will be a close game. I think it's going to be tough uh, for Kansas to win this game, but they will pull it out. Uh, I just think their firepower is too much um, for at least Liberty. I think going on forward. There's no team that has like significantly better players um, than a you know other team. It just wasn't quite as a talent-filled field in terms of players this year. Um so I, I think Kansas takes this game, but it will be close. Uh, Let's keep it moving here. The next game we have is Duke versus Kentucky, two and three. We kept it boring. Not many upsets um, in terms of this bracket besides Liberty, of course. So this is obviously a good game. I want to hear your break, what you think will happen um, in this game.
0: Yeah, so this is a great game. Duke-Kentucky, obviously there have been many great Duke-Kentucky matchups in the past. We had the shot, which was, I think, 1992, the Christian Leitner game. In the lead mm-hmm. eight back then, we've had some other good Duke Kentucky games, and I think this will be another good one. Um, Duke, you have Vernon Carey, um, and I think they have the edge because of him on in the front court. And then I think Kentucky has a slight edge in the back court because they have a lot of depth in the back court. They have Emmanuel Quickly, they have Ashton Hagens, a great defensive backcourt, and you have Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench, um, I believe, and he's you know a scoring burst that. Can really help Kentucky out a lot. You do have Trey Jones, though, also a very good defensive guard for Duke. Um, so it's definitely going to be a really interesting matchup. And um, I actually, in a very close one, am going to take Kentucky in this one to win.
1: You know, I this is another one where I think this is one of the harder matchups we'll face, even you know past the Final Fours, um, even the National Championship Elite Eight. Um, this is really a tough one because I think these teams match up decently well together i think they're very close in terms of you know how good both team is and just like you said um they both have their advantages uh duke with the front court kentucky at the back court um but I'll, i also i'm gonna go with kentucky i think kentucky is a another just super duper strong team um they've have had games go away from them um i'm pretty sure i picked one of the other teams they played. i'm guessing it's providence i highly doubt i picked north yeah. dakota state um providence. over them but Dude. I think Kentucky will take this game against Duke, but it's going to be super-duper close. I would even wager this game goes into overtime. I w- This would be such an entertaining game to watch, if yeah. not the most entertaining game throughout the whole uh, tournament. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Kentucky in a super-duper close one. Uh, moving along, we have Dayton and Richmond. battle. If I told you at the beginning of the year we would have two A-10 teams playing each other, playing each other in the Sweet 16, would you believe it? You know, no,
0: I don't think so. It's it's hard to believe these are the only two A-10 teams in the tournament, and they are playing each other in the Sweet 16. Um, it's interesting that in this bracket, they got put in the same region and in the same like upper half of that region um, for that potential matchup, but we're getting it, and I think it's going to be another good one. You know, these teams have already played each other, obviously, and Richmond has had a under kind of an under-the-radar season because they've been outshined. By Dayton, who has just been phenomenal all season, and Richmond, another team, Lake Liberty, a twelve seed, who has had a good run in their first two games, beating Butler and Maryland um, in close ones, overcoming Maryland and their their great front court with Jalen Smith. And and here, I don't think they're going to overcome Obi Toppin. I don't think they're going to be able to defeat Dayton. I think the Flyers are too good. I think. Um, with Jalen Crutcher and Obi Top, and that combination is too much This to, uh, too much to be able to slow down for them, and I think Dayton is going to win this
1: one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I actually think this will be quite a little blowout. Um, you know, looking at who Richmond has played coming up into this game, they played Butler, the 5-seed, then Maryland, the 4-seed. I don't think any of those teams fully prepare um, them for Dayton, even though they have played in the regular season. I just think Dayton's too powerful. I, you know, Richmond, of course, has the strong guard play, strong defensive guard play. Um, and I I think you know Jalen Carter might be able to be stopped, but there's no way they're stopping OB Toppin. Uh, So I have Dayton moving forward in this game, Um, and I I think this would also be a pretty interesting game to see in person just because I think Richmond has been outshined and they can kind of go in with that chip on their shoulder. So it would be another really fun one to watch. But to move to the other part of the region, we have Villanova and Florida State, another great game. We have two-versus-three seed. Uh, Villanova's played Hofstra, UCLA, uh, and Florida State has played Northern Kentucky and Utah state leading up into these games. So both of them, I don't think have played great competition moving into, you know, the the prior games moving into this weekend. Um, Trevor, what are your thoughts on this game?
0: Yeah. So another interesting one here, um, Villanova in the past four or five years has had a lot of success in the tournament. They had obviously the, the great win and one of the best title games, if not the best ever over North Carolina in 2016. Uh, This team is a little bit is obviously weaker than that team. They don't have as much talent. You know, Colin Gillespie, he's he's definitely grown into a better player. Obviously, the past couple of years hasn't been quite as good, but he's grown into a better player. Um, they have some other, you know, freshmen there with, uh, like, Robinson Earl in the front court. Um, and then you have Florida State, who has also been – they've been very under the radar, and they have been very good all season. And really, I haven't heard a ton of people talking about Florida State this season. They've just been so strong all season. And I think um Florida State is actually going to win this game. I think they're very solid. Um they have a lot of different versatile wings to play. They're always a good defensive team. And I think um defensively they're gonna be able to slow down Villanova enough um to take the victory here. So I got Florida State winning.
1: Yeah, I so I agree with some of the stuff you said here about uh, really both of these teams have kind of been under the radar villain and for different reasons. Uh, Villanova starting off the year kind of slower, not doing quite as, excuse me, quite as well. Uh, They dropped a little bit in the rankings. I don't know if they were ever unranked, but they were definitely towards the end. Um, And Florida State being under the radar because they're in the ACC and it's simply hard to, you know, be great in the ACC and be recognized when you're not Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, um, you know, a team like that. Uh, So I I think, you know, both under the radar for a little bit different reasons, Um, both kind of, I think, coming in with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, I'm actually going to differ with you on this one. I'm going to go Villanova. Uh, While well, Florida State has been great, and really I know I've talked about this in the last episode, has been great over a couple of years. Um, I okay. think Villanova will still take this. They got, uh, I think, the better experience at this point in the tournament, and uh, Vera Wright will be able to continue that. So oh, wow. obviously, we do not have Ben O'Brien with us today. Um, so we are literally just going to flip a coin. And how is this is going to work, I'm just going to use Siri. I'm going to tell her to flip a coin. I'll put it up to my mic. You guys will be able to hear it all. And Trevor and I, we're just going to pick heads or tails for the whole time. So if I have heads, it's I'm going to have heads the whole time, so we don't have to call it every single time. Um, We just don't need to waste that time. So Trevor, would you like to be heads or tails for the rest of this episode?
0: I would like to be tails. All right.
1: That's kind of what I wanted to be, but I'll, you know what? You can have it. <laughs> so I, I'm going to flip a coin here. Flip a coin. I'm not sure I understand. Siri did not understand. Flip a coin. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. All right. Siri did not understand. So... I'm going to take a real coin here and flip. This is my backup plan. Um, Trevor, you have won that one. It was tails. So Florida state will come on. top. Um, Yeah. Florida state. You win the first one, which you won a lot of those last round because Ben tend to agree with you a little bit, Uh, but let's move (laughs) forward to uh, a game that I'm very excited to talk. We have Gonzaga and Oregon. I'm going to let you go first here. Uh, both have had very interesting routes, uh, North Carolina Central and LSU for Gonzaga, and then Oregon having to play New Mexico State and Michigan. So definitely, I think both have taken decently different routes. Um, what do you think about this game?
0: Yeah, so I actually think this is the best Sweet 16 game um, out of all of the ones uh, that we will go over. And, you know, Oregon has been a team who has been pretty much, I mean, they've been a little inconsistent, but for the most part, they've been solid. Um, As a team, they've pretty much always been in the top 25, as has Gonzaga. Um, Peyton Pritchard has been the leader for this Oregon team, the seventh-year senior, as I like to say. Um, He's been in big moments many times in his career as a freshman. He started um, on a team that went to the Final Four and now here he's trying to make another run he's trying to get the championship that he wants so badly for Oregon uh, Gonzaga you know they have they lost a lot last year obviously in the past couple of years they've lost Rui Hachimura um and they lost some other you know good talent as well but they they always seem to recover Gonzaga's really become a consistently great team um it, it kind of seems like like they're not even really considered a low major anymore or a mid major i should say um, and I think this is going to be a great game, as I already mentioned. This could be an overtime game. And I am actually going to take Oregon in this one. I think Peyton Pritchard uh, is just going to be too much. I think, you, got, you know, you got like a shooter in Anthony Mathis. He'll be able to help out as well. And I, I really like Oregon in this tournament. So that's who I'm taking.
1: You know, Trevor, over the past couple of episodes, we've talked about some teams, Texas, who in my opinion was a terrible pick as a, a possible sleeper team. Um, you've, you've you know you've gotten some other hot takes in terms of teams uh, for whatever reason you think Michigan State's going to win a lot of games. I don't fully understand that they are a terrible organization and Cassius uh, Winston Tom Izzo. Um, that That's is beside why. the fact, um, but I am going to agree with you. I love Oregon in this tournament. I I think that if you know this really was actually played, that they would make a super super deep run. Um, and they played in a Pac-10, or excuse me, Pac-12 that really was not as bad this year. I, I think people clown the Pac-12 a lot. It and, was better. Uh, it was definitely a, a lot better of a Pac-12. They had a. I feel like they had a good amount of teams in this tournament. Um, at least at the start. Um, Gonzaga is a great team, and I think if they, if Oregon was not their fourth, if you put Wisconsin with them, um, even if you put other teams, I think they would win this whole region. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna go with Oregon. I, I, the pick and I stick with it. Yeah. Um, also.
0: Just want to mention real quick, this is another rematch because they played earlier in the season as well, and Gonzaga won that one 73-72 in overtime. This is back in November. And so I think Oregon's going to get revenge here.
1: Say that again. What was the, the score of that game?
0: It was 73-72. to Gonzaga won that one good in game. overtime.
1: That's a really good game. I might have to go watch that game back. Um, but, yeah, no, it will it, definitely be a really good game if in person uh you know especially with duke kentucky gonzaga oregon would both be great great matchups but let's keep on moving forward next we have seton hall in san diego state obviously san diego state made that really big run um well i think they went 29 and 0 um then lost a couple games at the end and uh did not end up winning their tournament um they beat uh uc irvine and texas tech while seton hall beat byu and eastern washington Trevor, this is this is a tough game, but I think I'm going with Seton Hall. I love Miles Powell, and I think, uh, of course, San Diego State has great players too. But I think Miles Powell will take over this game, um, and completely dominate in the game, uh, go for thirty plus points, uh, and take the game by a couple.
0: Yeah, so I think um, San Diego State. They obviously had an amazing run um, for most of the year. They didn't lose until February 22nd to UNLV in a very close one. And then they lost uh, th- their conference championship game against Utah state. So they didn't mm-hmm. really end the year quite as well. And even in their wins, they had a lot of close games, um, barely beating Colorado state in a six point game only getting by Nevada by seven. They just didn't seem to look quite as great. in uh, some of these games later in the season. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Seton hall. Um, I'm a big fan of Miles Powell, and I think you know the big players uh, play well in big moments. I think Miles Powell is going to do that, and I think Seton Hall is going to take this one.
1: So it's a good pick. I would I like the pick a lot. Let's move to our last region here. We have Baylor and Louisville, Louisville beating um, Ohio State and Vermont, while Baylor beating St. Mary's and Winthrop. Um, so we have a nice one versus four here. Um, this is a very interesting matchup. I'm going to go with Louisville. Um, I like Baylor. I think Baylor's a good team. They Again, another team with a great run this year. Um, but I think Louisville has the firepower um, and a great coach at like Chris Mack um, where they, they will be able to win this game. Again, another close one. This will be another really great game if it was played in person. Um, you know, it actually happened. Um, but I'm going to take Louisville here.
0: All right. So um, I'm going to agree with you again. I'm going to take Louisville in this one. I think this is going to be more of a, like, grinded out game, a little more low scoring. I think Baylor, I think similarly to Florida state, they have a really good, like defensive, like they have some like defensive wings that are very versatile. And um, Louisville is a team who with Jordan Awara, um, just a great scorer, yep. And you have like Ryan McMahon, good three point shooter. You have Dwayne Sutton uh, solid in the front court. Um, so I'm going to go with Louisville. I think, you know, with Chris Mack, he's, you know, obviously led this Louisville team since he's been there to have some really good seasons And I think they are going to continue on this run. So I have Louisville winning this one.
1: Next up, we have Michigan State and Illinois. Um, Sadly, i see Michigan State here. I did not project them to win any games in this tournament. I didn't project them to me in the tournament. Um, So Michigan State, they beat Virginia and Bradley. Um, Again, two better teams than Michigan State. I don't understand how they possibly won. Um, Then we have Illinois, who beat uh, two-seed Creighton and a very good USC team. Uh, trevor, this 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 is gonna be an interesting game. I think we're gonna disagree here this game.
0: Yeah, so Illinois and Michigan State, obviously both uh, big ten teams. They played each other two other times in this regular season. And it looks like Michigan State won both of those games. Um, they won when they were at home by twenty in early January, and they also won a very close one when Illinois was the home team in february seventy to sixty nine. And I believe that Michigan State is going to win a third time. They're going to go for the sweep. I think Illinois is not going to have enough answers for Cassius Winston. I think he's going to have a great game. Um, Again, Tom Izzo, he's been here before many times. Illinois doesn't have nearly, not even close to as much uh, experience in the tournament. None of these players I don't think have ever been in the NCAA tournament before. That's not the case for Cassius Winston. And Michigan State is going to get it done.
1: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting take. Uh however, it's a terrible take. Uh that will not happen. Illinois will win. My guess it has to be by at least 15 points. Um but in all seriousness, I actually do think Illinois does this game. Um the second game which was played most recently, Michigan State did not look great against Illinois. Was that Illinois, I think on a neutral court, uh Illinois could take it. Uh I will keep with my guess of over 15. So we are disagreeing. Um, I'm going to flip the coin. Your head or uh, your tails, correct?
0: Yeah, I'm tails,
1: and it landed on tails.
0: Yeah, That's great.
1: That's wonderful. So Michigan State will move on um, to the next right. round. So we now have Points the elite eight here, uh, which is filled with Kansas, Kentucky, uh, Dayton, Florida State, Oregon, Seton Hall, and Louisville, and the garbage green team from Michigan. So first matchup, we have Kansas and Kentucky, one versus two seed. I was super excited to get to this matchup. Um, again, I think we might have a disagreement here um, because these are two just such great teams, um, and I was excited to possibly see this in the future, obviously before the tournament got canceled. So, Trevor, I'll let you start off here. Um, both have taken very good routes. They're both historically great teams, both Blue Bloods. Who do you have come out and going to the Final Four?
0: Yeah, another tough matchup here. Kansas-Kentucky, again, Kentucky, phenomenal backcourt with um, – Three great backcourt players. Kansas. They also have a good defensive backcourt. Marcus, Marcus Garrett. I think d- just won uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know if that was overall or in the Big Twelve, but either way, he's a great defensive player. Um, and then you have with Kansas, obviously, you Azabuki. So similarly, to Duke they have the better front court. I think here, yes, like Nick Richards is good, and uh, Kentucky has some you know different versatile options there in the front court, but. Kansas bookies proven he's been great for the past few years when he's been healthy. So this is a really tough one. Um and I think that I'm gonna go with my gut on this one. And they've been so solid all season, so consistent. I'm going with Kansas. I think they're gonna win this game. I think Yudoka Azabuki is gonna be hard to stop. And I think that Kentucky is not gonna have the greatest shooting performance in this one. So I got Kansas. Mm.
1: Interesting prediction. So when I look at these games, there's one very important thing to have in March Madness. Of course, you know there's all the attributes: front court, good back court, good coaching. Uh, There's one thing that a lot of championship teams have, and that is a great back court. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Kentucky. Um, I, if Kentucky won that Providence game, I believe I said that they to the Final Four, and I'm going to stick with that. I think they will make it to the Final Four in this case. Um, just having that amazing backcourt, uh, all those guards, it's just so important, especially down the line in the tournament that I think Kentucky will this. So we go to the coin. Um, again, you are tails, I am heads. It flipped two heads this time, so I have Ooh. won this round. Um, so Kentucky right. will move on to the next round. Going Kansas down to see down. who plays them. Yes, Kansas goes down to see who plays them. We have Dayton from the A-10. Uh, beating Richmond, Florida, and Boston University versus Florida State of the ACC, beating a very good Villanova team, Utah State, and Northern Kentucky. So we have the 1-2 and again here. Um, This is going to be a great matchup. I I think this is going to be the first time that Dayton is really, really tested, really since they played Colorado, uh, you know, however many months ago. Uh, So who do you think will take this game? Oh, man. This is a tough one.
0: Wow. Yeah, this is a very tough one. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Just know that Ben will be back. He will be back. So you're going to have to hear from (laughs) you tonight here.
0: Yeah, it's a very tough one. Um, You know, Dayton, and the other two games they played, again, I believe it was two, or it was more than two, but um, in other two games they played against top 25, at least, high major teams, they lost both of those to Kansas and Colorado. Both very close games, both overtime games. Both of those games, Obi Toppin did not play his best. Um, He was not the leading scorer for Dayton in either of those games. It looked like he had uh, some pretty bad performances. And Florida State, again, I've been saying with their versatile wings, they're a very good defensive team. And they've also had very good performances against other great ACC teams who also have some really good scores. You know, you look at Louisville with Jordan Wara and uh, some of those other teams as well. So I... I'm going to take Florida state in this one. I think that their defense is going to be able to slow Dayton down just enough. And, you know, like Trent Forrest and, you know, some of those other guys. So I have Florida state winning this one. They will go to the final four, I believe.
1: Now you will be hearing from Ben about that one. I'm sure next podcast. So I think that'll be the first thing Ben talked <laughs> Um, I, I agree with some of what you said. I, I think, you know, you look at the games against Kansas and Colorado and they, they did, obviously do not have their best games, but, Dayton, this is a Dayton team, and this might be a little biased. Ben has basically transferred me over. I am partially a Dayton fan myself. Dayton has taken this year, and they've really just gone with it. They've gone with it as fast as they can, and they've done so well this year. I just, I, I don't see them losing to a Florida State. I think they could lose to a much better team, but I I don't see them losing to a Florida State. And a Florida State's a two seed. You're like, I mean, there's not many better teams than Florida State in terms of seeding. Um, but I. I'm going to pick Dayton here. I think they will rise to the occasion. Uh, you said they've only they've only played two mid-major teams at this point. I think they actually have played more, and they'll be playing Florida before this game if our bracket was real. High um, major, uh, yeah. yes, high major. Yeah, um,
0: I'm so, at like top twenty-five specifically. Of course, but. of
1: course. Um, but I think Dayton takes this game. Um, I, I see Obi Toppin really. You know, you got to understand Obi Toppin, He's only played some major competition. He needs to show out, um, and I think Dayton will know that this is really their year. Um, to take it all. So I will pick Dayton in this game. So that goes to the flip of the coin. Um, again, Trevor, you are tails, I am heads.
0: It right. goes
1: to tails. I'm sorry, Ben. All Dayton right. will not be winning this game. It's Florida State. Florida it State. Will come out. You're going to have to answer to Ben. I will not, which is very ideal for me. <laughs> Moving along to our next Elite Eight matchup, we have Oregon and Seton Hall. This is another good one. I'm going to go first. I think Oregon kills this game. I really think Oregon is such a strong team. In this tournament, they were uh, way lower seed than I thought they'd be, um, at least at the beginning of the year or, you know, a couple weeks weeks uh, before the last bracket was put out, maybe even mid-February. Um, I think Oregon takes this game pretty handedly. Uh, of course, Seton Hall has strong players. Uh, Miles Powell is, is one of the better players in college basketball this year. Uh, but Peyton Pritchard is too much, um, and Oregon wins here. And I suspect you will say the same thing, but let's see what you say.
0: So, another rematch here. A lot of rematches here we've gotten lately. And this is another one. Last time they played, um, they played in that same... I, I forget what the name of the classical. Oh, Battle for Atlantis. That's what it was. Okay. Um, Oregon, Seton Hall, Michigan, Gonzaga, all were in that Battle for Atlantis. And mm-hmm. this was a really good game. Just like the Michigan-Oregon one. Just like the Gonzaga-Oregon one. These were all good games. Oregon won that one. 71-69. Close game. a very close game and i agree with you i think oregon has been very strong i think it just you know just something about oregon i don't know why but it feels like they're destined to make a run a deep run in this tournament so i agree i'm gonna pick oregon to go to the final four
1: yeah no i i just i see it i i i think that or um if this were to actually happen they just would be i think they're that that team that is, you know, they're obviously not a low seed. They're I wouldn't say they're even underrated per se. Um, maybe, you know, a little bit, but they're just that team that I think is, you know, really, really good. So who is gonna play Oregon? We have Louisville and the garbage green team. Now I know a lot of people have picked the garbage green team, but Trevor, I'm I'm not gonna let it happen. And out of all my wild predictions where I've said Michigan State will lose, I actually do think they will lose this game. I do not think they are as good as Louisville. Um and I don't think um that they will be able to play with um, some of Louisville's better players, so I'm I'm picking Louisville in this game, and I hope you join me in that pick. I do not want to see Michigan State in the Final Four. All
0: right, no surprise there. So, so far we have a two seat. We have two two seeds. We have Kentucky and Florida State on one side, and we have a four seed Oregon. And in this matchup, Louisville's the four, Michigan State's the three. So we could either have two fours and two twos, or we could have. Two twos, a four, and a three. So with this matchup, um, Cassius Winston and Michigan State, they went to the Final Four last year. And then before they got beaten, after defeating the Duke team with Zion and RJ. And they have another good team again this year. They were the preseason number one team.
1: Mm -hmm. And the team is not as good as it was last year at all.
0: Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if they that's no necessarily the case. It. No, I don't know if that's it. necessarily the case. I think it's close. I think they started the year obviously very badly, but to end the year, they really recovered and started playing better. Louisville, you know, they've been um, another team. I think both of these teams were actually really expected to be two of the best teams, like two of the top four teams at the beginning yeah. of the year. They both had both were number not the one greatest at
1: the time. Starts.
0: Yeah, neither of them had the greatest or Louisville was more the middle, but nevertheless, um, they weren't, I think they underachieved a little bit, both of them. Ultimately, in this one, I think Michigan State is going to continue their run. Oh Cash Winston just, he, he continues on. Rocket Watts, you know, with his, his bank, bank three-pointers. <laughs> and I think Michigan State's going to defeat Louisville.
1: All right, this is a terrible take. I'm very close to just ripping this podcast But I'm going to flip the coin here. I'm hoping it lands on heads. Let's see what it does. And it lands on tails. Woo.
0: Tails is on fire.
1: Yes, tails is on fire. So again, Michigan State has now gone through, I think, every single round as a coin flip. And they have somehow gone through. So we have a final four. Two-seed Kentucky playing against two-seed Florida State. Then we have four-seed Oregon against three-seed Michigan State. This is a good final four. Um, We have all major teams here. We didn't really have a super low seed make it. Um, I I think it's just so hard to predict what low seed would, you know, come out on top. Uh, We definitely had some teams make some runs um, overall. So let's do this Final Four before we fully analyze um, the bracket. Um, So our first matchup, we have Kentucky and Florida State, the battle of the two seeds. Both teams are solid teams. Um, obviously on one hand we have the blue blood Kentucky, but on the other, we have Florida state, a team that has really been rising through the ranks these past couple of years and has done really, really well. Trevor, I'm going to let you go first. Who do you think pulls this out?
0: Yeah. So in this one, um, again, we've talked about how good Kentucky's backcourt is. I've talked about how good, like the wing, um, defensive, some of the defensive wings for Florida state are. And in this one, I actually think that that Kansas Kentucky matchup, They were such two strong teams that really it was unfortunate that they had to play each other in the Elite Eight because I think those two teams are both better than Florida State and Dayton, and I think that Kentucky is going to beat Florida State in a very tough one. I think Tyrese Maxey is going to have a really good game in this one, so I'm going Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I'm going to stick with it too. Uh, I think Florida State's run a great Elite Eight run, um, and I think they'll be good for years to come. Uh, but Kentucky's just too strong. Again, I, I've talked about this already, but that backcourt is so, so important um, in March Madness where I think they'll take this game. Now, I do want to say that um, if I were to make a bracket beforehand, I would have had Dayton here, and I would have had Dayton win this game. I think Dayton would have pulled wow. out out in the National Championship, not just because I'm a little bit of a fan and because it's Ben's team, but I would have had Dayton probably pulling this game out. It would have been close. I, I would have had to have seen – I would have liked to heard your analysts behind it. Before I made a final decision, but I I would have had like I actually would think that Dayton would beat Florida State. I was surprised you picked them there. Um, but let's move to this last matchup: Oregon and Michigan State. I again I'll say this: if I if it were to be my bracket, I I would have also put uh, Oregon in. I would have put Louisville in. That would have been uh, my final four. I think Kentucky, Dayton, Oregon, and Louisville. Um, so I, I think this is a relatively good final four in terms of what I actually believe. Um, But again, we'll go in a little bit more analysts after I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, so we have Oregon, Michigan State. Um, This is another game I actually do not think Michigan State will win, um, as biased as I am. And I know you like Oregon a lot. I love this Oregon team's in terms of deep in the tournament. So I'm going to pick Oregon here. Um, And I'm pretty confident you will also do that. But I was confident last round, too. So we'll see what you say. I don't want to (laughs) hear Cash Winston. Just don't mention this, babe.
0: All right. (laughs) So... uh... (laughs) Cash Winston has that's had. That's the first word you said. <laughs> he's had a phenomenal tournament here. I believe in this uh, fictional tournament. I think Cash he would Winston average, has been He would phenomenal. average less than
1: two points a game. He would average less that's,
0: than two that's games. no. He would average over twenty. I believe. Um, <sighs> I think he would have a very good tournament up to this point. But I think Peyton Pritchard would too. I think that Oregon, obviously going through Gonzaga and Seton Hall and Michigan, those are three teams um they've had a a really good
1: tournament yeah they would have had in they would be playing every team that they played would have been really good where michigan state i think that um you know you look at bradley obviously not a fantastically strong team virginia's had a rougher year illinois um and louisville who is probably really the only eight team they've excuse me they've played so oregon definitely has had that much better route they've probably had the hardest route i'd say
0: yeah, I well, I mean, Kentucky too, but I mean, you could argue it's close. I think Kentucky's had really tough route too. Um, yeah. But man, um, ultimately, I think both these teams, I, I think this is the correct, I think it's correct that both these teams are in the Final Four. I think absolutely Oregon and Michigan State, I could see this matchup happening and I could see it being a great matchup. But I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to go with Michigan State. I oh think they're God. going to again, survive in advance to the national championship game. Michigan State's
1: going to win this. All right, so I'll, I want to put – I want to say this. I, I think there's a lot riding on this. I think you will pick Michigan State after this. So I, I can't have Michigan State winning our bracket, so I need this to be ahead. Okay? Five, but I swear <laughs> I haven't been lying once this You can't <laughs> see it. Here we go. All right, Trevor. In the – the uh, it's determined to be heads. So Michigan oh. State will finally lose in the final four, which, again, I, I wouldn't have even been in the tournament. So I'm pretty happy that this I don't
0: know. There. Is there a camera on that coin? I don't know if he's he rigging <laughs> it over there. No. <laughs> we
1: have no camera on the coin. Uh, but they. It was, I could have ended their streak many rounds ago if that was the case. Um, Very true. But So final two here, we have Kentucky and Oregon. So before we go over this, I just want to quick analysis. How close would this have been to your bracket? I know I kind of went over my but this is pretty close to kind of how I would have played out. I, I definitely would have had Dayton go a little bit farther and I, I would I, I actually do believe Louisville Louisville would beat Michigan State. Um besides that, there's only a couple games here. we we kind of disagreed. it would have been a little bit different. Um we we really kind of agreed on most of this here. I, I'd say probably eighty to eighty five percent. So how close was this to a bracket if you were to make by yourself?
0: Um so if I would have made this bracket with this tournament, I think I would have had Kansas and Michigan state in the national championship game. I think they both Kansas has been strong all year. I think Michigan state has finished the year stronger, obviously with a bad beginning of the year. And I think they both have great guard play. Um, you know, and teams like Kentucky and Oregon, they do too. But I think um, these teams are, they have everything. I think they have good guard play. They have good bigs and they have great coaches. So I think Michigan state and Kansas would have been it if it was me picking now, you would have had what Dayton in your championship game, and then who would have you who would you have had on the other side
1: it It would be tough. i I think I would put Dayton in over Kentucky, but i I think that's really I think that's really close awesome. and probably oregon i I would have had Oregon in
0: Dayton and Oregon,
1: um, yeah, and I, I don't think I'd have Dayton winning. I think I would have had Oregon winning. um we'll see kind of how I wanted to hear your breakdown for this again. i I think um, it would be interesting whether I definitely would have had either Dayton, Kentucky, Oregon winning um, and not in any particular order. I, I don't know who would come out of that. I am happy. I think overall minus Michigan State, who, again, shouldn't have been in the tournament as a whole. Um, but I, I think that we did actually do a pretty good final. not that upset. Uh, all the teams that I would have had in the final four made the Elite Eight. I think yours did too, right? Because you would have had – would you have had Florida State in?
0: Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, Florida so State I now. think
1: all of your teams, yeah, all of your teams may be Elite Eight, And you had three teams come out uh, to the Final Four. So I think overall, this was a pretty good bracket. Yeah. So here's the moment we've been waiting for. Let's do the National Championship. Kentucky, Oregon, two huge schools, big Nike schools. Uh, you know, we, we like Nike here. Um, we have the four seed versus the two seed. So, Trevor, I'm going to let you go first. What What is your analysis of the game? What do you think would happen here? Because we have great guard play out of this game.
0: Yeah, so you're probably gonna get a the point guard matchup. I believe would be Peyton Pritchard, obviously, and I think that they would put Ashton Hagens on him. I think Ashton Hagens would have the task of guarding Peyton Pritchard in this yeah. one. Um, I think Hagens is their best defender, and that would be a very interesting matchup. You know, Hagens not the best offensive player, but he's a phenomenal defensive player. And it would be interesting to see um, if he could really just annoy Peyton Pritchard and and maybe he would. I think he would. I think he would. I think Peyton Pritchard would have not that great of a game in this one. Um, I think Tyrese Maxey, again, um, it's, I'm not sure exactly who would try to stop him. I think he's him and quickly are both good offensive weapons. Um, I think Maxey, I mean, I think quickly scored more, but I think Maxey might be a little bit more versatile, of an offensive weapon, just because I think he's a better shooter. Um, Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting to see. you got Anthony Mathis, who's a great shooter for Oregon. Um, And then you have, you know, you have, oh, like Chris Duarte, the transfer, the Juco transfer. He's also a good shooter for Oregon. Um, You have Okoro, who might be matched up against uh, Nick Richards. That would be interesting. Ultimately, I think that Kentucky... With their depth, with their defensive ability to kind of not necessarily stifle, but at least slow down Pritchard and Mathis, I think Kentucky would take this one. I think Kentucky is who, in, in this bracket, I'm going to select as my national champion.
1: So this is another one where I just said there's three teams that would be close to making it. And I think all three are really great. And It, it would be just a toss in all of them. Really, this is so close to me that I wanted to hear your opinion because I think it's important. I think you know a lot about it. So I wanted to hear before I made my final decision. Um, Another thing, I don't know if I want to go to a coin flip here, Um, but if I was really strong with Oregon, I think I went with them. But I think Kentucky will be our national champion here. I love this Oregon team, but I agree with you. that The guard play and then the depth is so, so important. I just think overall Kentucky is the more talented team where I think that this would be the end of the road for Oregon. A a great, great tournament for them. But we are going to put Kentucky as our national champion, and I think that is rightly so um, for this bracket. So overall, Trevor, we had a great bracket. Before we go, is there any team outside of Michigan – if you say Michigan State, I'm going to kill you – outside of Michigan State that you think we did dirty that should have went farther? I think I know the team that you're going to say, but is there any team that you think would have went farther?
0: So, it absolutely would have been Michigan State. That's a team we did dirty. They would have won the national they championship. They went to the final four. <laughs> they would have won the national championship. It was just as it was destiny with Virginia and Kyle Guy who um you know just following Kyle Guy on Twitter by the way, just a little aside, Kyle Guy is very entertaining, I think if you're a basketball fan. Go file go follow Kyle Guy on Twitter. He's he's the best. But as their run was destiny last year with Virginia, it is destiny for Cassius Winston and Michigan State to win the national championship this year. I think they would have won it if um it would have been played.
1: Look, I'm so sorry to all my Michigan fans that had to those last twenty seconds, that was terrible. Um <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Florida. i If Florida was a ten or a Florida. seven, yeah, this I just think it would have been different. If they just were a ten or a seven, they had a terrible draw in the fact they had a play seed right after the first round game. Uh, Being the nine, so if they if they were just that ten seed, I think it would have been different because then I think Florida then plays Florida State. They then would play West Virginia, Florida State, and they lead into Villanova. I think they would have won more games. I'm not saying they would have won it all. I'm just saying I think that they're one team that was done a little bit dirty. I think that they could have won more games. They were obviously our national championship champ, champion at the beginning of the year. That's who we thought it would be. Um, and I still believe in that Florida team. I, they're super duper talented. So that's probably the one right. team that I, I I would see here. Um, realistically with Michigan State, I, don't, I I think you're way too high on Michigan State. They're just not as talented as they were last year uh, without Langford. I don't think they'd be able to take that, that step to get past uh, like a Kentucky or an Oregon or really even a Louisville. Um, it would have been interesting if they played Baylor too. I think Baylor would have been a really good matchup for them and that Baylor would have done some damage. I just think Baylor's a little bit overpowering to the Michigan State team. They're just not as powerful as they were last year. If this was last year's Michigan State team, I could see where you're coming from because Langford would have been their best player, in my opinion, Uh, in terms of talent, I should say. Cassius Winston's still very good. Mm. Um, But Langford is really, it was such a big blow when they said he wasn't coming back uh, this year. And I think that's why they were ranked number one, because the the idea that Langford was coming back, he he was going to come back in January at the beginning of the year. It wasn't like it was, oh, he'd be back for the tournament. No, he's going to be back in January. He's going to be back for Big Ten play. So I think without Langford, they're not nearly as good as you think they are. They're still a good team. And you know realistically they should have made it obviously they should be in the tournament i'm obviously joking um and especially they got to play bradley virginia and possibly creighton i mean they can win all those games um so i think lead eight was at, probably right for them um but they definitely are not as strong as you say at least i i really do believe that that they just with langford they would have done. um but th- is there any other comments you want to make on this national championship? yeah um, i mean it's interesting
0: yeah, it's interesting. You might be right about Michigan State. I mean, I I do think they're really. I I think anytime you have Izzo and you have such a strong and experienced guard like Cassius Winston, I think you always have a chance. But you could have. You always. You obviously could have been right as well. I think with Florida, it would have been interesting. Say if they were say switch Florida and like Texas Tech or something, and you put exactly. Florida. Yeah. Florida's that ten seed. I think they would have beaten Arizona, and I think they would have beaten San Diego State. I too. I think maybe even Seton Hall. I don't know. Maybe. Honestly,
1: you put you put Florida where uh, St. Mary's or excuse me Rutgers is, that that region, this is not a strong region, Michigan State's region. Really yeah. not. Louis
0: Louisville um, would have been tough, but yeah, Louisville I think they could have they could have been yeah. Baylor, maybe.
1: Yeah. Really the, the best region was the 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 top left region. Um and the, the top right region was also uh, it was probably the top right region. I take it back. The top right region had really five or six, those top five or six seeds were all really, really good. Um yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think this was a good bracket. Mine would definitely be close to this. Um. So, any, any last thoughts, Robert? Any, any final thoughts before we end off the episode here? Um. I think that's about
0: it. I think it was, you know, obviously very fun to kind of do this exercise. Um. Kentucky turned out to be our national champions. So, I think they're a um, – definitely one of the teams that I think was definitely, like, if you pick, like, you know, five or six teams, Kentucky definitely would have been in there. of Like, these teams could have been the national champions. Yeah. So. You know, it's yeah. a good
1: result. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you you said it well there. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, two-part series this back, We have another two-part series next week, which I know will be super-duper fun. I'm sure you guys are going to love hearing it. Uh, maybe we'll do a couple other segments in between. Maybe maybe we'll throw a randomly ranked in there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we decide to plan it out. Um, but again, we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, uh, just to close off the episode, again, thank you all so much for the support. We've been doing this over a year now. Really, thank you guys so, so much on the bottom. I think of both of our hearts. We really, really appreciate all the support that you guys have given us. Um, please stay safe. Wash your hands. we got to remind you guys to do that. Um, of yep. course, don't go out if you don't need to go out. Uh, obviously, Trevor is an essential worker. We talked about that last episode, so he goes out often because he has to go to work. Uh, we thank him for that. Um, please follow us all on Twitter and the Small Baller Pod at Small Baller Pod. Um, we would appreciate that. Tweet at us. we like to hear your guys' ideas. If you have an idea for us, send it to us. We might end up doing it um definitely you know, so you know send us out that idea um give us ideas for the Ranks, anything we, we we'd love to hear your guys ideas you know text us if you have one of our numbers if you're close to us like that um uh, again thank you guys so much for the support I'm trying to think did I forget anything Trevor oh yeah you can find the podcast anywhere it's literally on pretty much anywhere you find podcasts look it up I guarantee it'll probably be there if it's not tell me because I'll put it there if you want it somewhat different <laughs> um I promise it'll be everywhere um uh, but yeah with that being said thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next time Go Falcons.